Praise the Lord. And uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. Yep, praise the Lord. And I need you to adjust the sound. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we are so glad to, that we have uh, completed to, uh, and able to attend the Alpha Marriage course. And I think that a lot of us needed that. A lot of couples needed that. And uh, it is really very good for all of you who are married for some time that you should attend a course like this. Okay, praise the Lord. You ready for the Word of God? Yeah, the song is very sharp here. Praise God. Okay. Uh, in my car, there's a pouch that I kept uh, just beside the driver's, driver's seat uh, at the console there. And uh, in, the, in the pouch there, I kept a lot of cards. A lot of cards. And uh, uh, all these loyalty cards and all these businesses that we have in contact with and uh, so we sign up and uh, we have this kind of card. Uh, there are so many sometimes and I forget to use them or sometimes I even totally forget there is such a card in the box, in the couch. They will all offer, they all offer some kind of a privileges and some points for collection and even some discount with the purpose that I will go back there to the shop again. Alright? I will go back there to buy something again. I will go back there to uh, patronize the shop. Okay? The one card that uh, we enjoy a lot and I still have good memory is this, uh, this uh, the bonus link card. Yeah? Bonus link card. And in the early days, we got a lot of points and we used points to exchange for household things. And uh, we can use it, uh, bonus link in Parkson. Alright? We use it in Shell petrol station. Okay. Uh, those days, they have very good points and so we managed to gather a lot of points and we were able to exchange online with many of these household things. And one of the favorite gifts that I have got from this uh, bonus link is this active camel luggage. The active camel luggage. And this has been a very good one. And also the next one is the three-tier uh, uh, food steamer. Yeah. The food steamer, the Cornell one. Huh? Yeah. So these are the things that I have, I, I remember that I have. And the bag has been very useful and he has traveled with us to a lot of places. It's very strong, very sturdy. Huh? It's 20 inches, just nice for both of us to travel for a week or so. And this thing is still surviving. We have gone to Europe, dragged it along the cobblestone of some of the streets. The view are still surviving and it is still good. And we like this bag quite a lot, even though it's a bit dirty now, but it is good. And it was very strong and can handle all the knocks. Praise God for that. And it is all free. The three-tier food steamer uh, was used to steam fish. And times, we also used to steam rice. Yeah. Jealous, huh? Jealous or not? <laughs> steam fish, you know, I can do that. And steam rice. And we really... Uh, like the steam rice, okay? But sad to say, bonus link is dying. I have no issues with bonus link, but it has not been very active, and I'm not going to resurrect it either. Going to let it be, and uh, they going to handle it. And I'm happy with some of the cards, and some of those cards are just a waste of time as well. And loyalty is a virtue that is very uncommon today. 
It is hard to find loyalty in the midst of myriads of advertisement and offers. Well, suddenly I realized that we are all so selfish that we seldom think about being loyal to others. Many commercial uh, entities have to offer incentive to buy our loyalty. They give you loyalty cards. They give you nice offer to buy your loyalty. And this morning, I want to preach on three aspects of our loyalty to God, His ministry, and His people. God is a good and faithful God and worthy of our wholehearted devotion and loyalty. He is the one that holds our tomorrow, our future, and He also, our faith, our faith is in His hand. In Him, we will never be sorry or disappointed. He is our biggest incentive and loyalty to Him will never result in disappointment. And I want to challenge us to a higher level of loyalty to Him, to His ministry, and to His church this morning. And trust that the Holy Spirit will work in us and cause and create in us a need and awareness to really to change so that we can cement that loyalty to God in our life. That it will be a permanent feature in our life that we remain loyal to God. And so my title of the message is, I Pledge Loyalty to God. Instead of what people say that I pledge loyalty to the United States of America, today our message is I pledge loyalty to God. And I want to preach from Ruth chapter 1 and verse 14 to verse 22. And then there is one particular verse also in Matthew chapter 1 verse 16. If you can have your Bible, you can turn to Ruth chapter 1. Alright? I'm not sure whether you can find the book of Ruth or not. Hopefully it's in your Bible. Ruth chapter 1, verse 14 to verse 22, to the end of chapter 1. Let's read. At this they wept aloud again. Then Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, can this be Naomi? 
Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Lord, the Almighty, has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. And you can flick over to Matthew chapter 1. Just one verse 16, Matthew 1, 16. You got it? Matthew 1, verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. And in chapter 1 of Matthew, you have the genealogy of Jesus, the son of the living God. And if you can trace back, you will find the name Ruth as the ancestors of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a bit of a background regarding this whole story. And you can actually read the whole book of Ruth in one sitting in about 10 minutes. Let me give you this background. So here we read that there was a man by the name of Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi, and they lived in Bethlehem during that time. And there was a famine in the land. And so what they do that they move to Moab. Moab is on the right side of the Dead Sea, okay, which is present-day Jordan. Right? It was during that time that they moved there because there was famine and there was food there, and so naturally they moved over there. They moved there with their two sons, Marlon and Kilion. And in the course of time, Elimelech died. He died in Moab. And Marlon married a Moabite woman by the name of Opah. And Kilion married another Moabite woman by the name of Ruth. They lived there for 10 years. And then both Marlon and Kilion also died. And so you have three men of the family that passed away. And there was left Naomi, the daughter-in-law Opah and Ruth, all three widows. How unfortunate can that be? Three widows in a family, and they were destitute without their husband. Later, when they heard that there was bread back in Bethlehem again, they planned to return. Naomi didn't want the two daughter-in-law to go back with her, because they were young, and they can marry again, and that they can raise a family of their own. She persuaded Opa to return to her people, and hopefully, hopefully she will marry again and have a home that she can be cared for. But Ruth did not want to leave Naomi, but to go with her even though she has no obligation to do so. Ruth uttered this words, which I want to read here in verses 16 and 17. She says this, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people 
will be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and where and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. If only death will separate us. And these are the worthy words of loyalty that Ruth says to the mother-in-law. And these are great words. And, to, and so these two widows return to Bethlehem, poor as church mice. Poor as church mice. Naomi instructed Ruth to go to glean in the fields. And she found herself working in the fields of Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi. You know, they came back during harvest time. And they were these workers that they harvest the, 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 the stocks. And uh, they allowed, in the Old Testament law, to allow the widows, the poor, to come behind the workers to collect whatever that has been fallen or whatever that has been missed so that the widows and the poor can have something to eat on their own. So she instructed Ruth to go and do so. And Boaz took kindly to her and allowed her more than the beggars could get. To cut the story short, Boaz eventually married Ruth. In Matthew 1.16, just now we read, you can find the genealogy of Jesus Christ and you can trace back the genealogy and find Ruth as an ancestor of Jesus Christ. The loyalty of Ruth to Naomi was beyond all doubt. And that was how our Saviour came to be born. And I believe it is through an act of faith expressed in loyalty towards Naomi. And we are going to learn loyalty this morning. You know, just that you may know, we actually took this proclamation of loyalty from, uh, from Ruth to Naomi as wedding vows. Romantic or not? Pastor Yiming pledged that to me, you know, when we got married. I still remember that. My people will be her people. Wow. Where I stay, she will stay. You have no choice, what? <laughs> yeah. And many have come to take this as a pledge of loyalty in their wedding vows. And I think that this is very significant when you say words like this. It really, really gives all the all-out pledge to be loyal to the person. But we have a challenge. How are we going to love God? And I'd like to enlighten you this morning about our challenge. And our challenge number one is loyalty to God. Your God will be my God. Your God will be my God. And God has promised His commitment to us. Thank God. God is all out for us and we can surely depend on Him. He is all out for us. We are, he is crazily, uh, really crazy about us. The greatest commitment God made to us was that He can send Jesus to come to bear our sins, not only to bear our sins, to die for us, to die for our sins, to take the punishment upon Himself, and 
to be buried and thank God he just did not remain buried but he was resurrected. Jesus to die on behalf of our sin. He does not need us. God do not need us. But because he loved that creation that he has made, even though it was broken, even though it was flawed, even though it was cast down to pieces, that there is no more fellowship with God, but because God loved us, because we are His creation, He would send His Jesus, He would send Jesus to come to redeem us. He is passionate to redeem us, and so He sent Jesus to take the penalty of our sin so that we can be free from that condemnation. And all we, all we all know about this story. And now the other thing is that I cannot understand and how a Trinitarian God can separate Jesus and let Him die over our sins. Jesus was rejected by God at the moment, but He resolved the problem of sin once and for all. How a God that we worship can separate into Jesus who will bear all our sins, who would die on the cross, and God will have to turn His eyes away from Him and not to look at Him because He is carrying the sin of the world and He has to die. And theologian has put this as a theology of the pain of God, that since the beginning of time, that God is in pain over His creation. His commitment to us was terribly painful. But yet, He still did it for us. So such a commitment only needs to be performed once and only by God alone who can do that. We, from today onwards, are objects of grace from Him. Praise the Lord. Ruth has no connection with the God of Naomi. She's a Moabite, and the Moabites are Gentiles, and Moabites worship idols. And she has no connection with the God of Naomi. But she took on that responsibility to make him her God, to worship and to follow him. For a foreigner to do that was commendable. She now commit herself under the care of the Jewish God for her well-being and her life after. There was no blessing yet to be seen during that time. But she ventured out by faith with Naomi. If a foreigner can make such a commitment to an unknown God, personally, I am sure that we who have tasted the Lord knows He is good and trustworthy. And today all of us can say so, that God is good and He is trustworthy. The question is that we have to answer. The question is how much are we committed to this holy and awesome God? How much do we truly trust Him? Are we, are we making Him our convenient? Is our loyalty steadfast on God, immovable and unshakable? When we go through trials and difficulties, where is our faith in Him? God has proven Himself. Can we?
be committed to Him? Can we? The answer is definitely a resounding yes. From this day on, I will be loyal to God. Now, not only that, His promises are there for us as well. His promises. The desire of God for us is not without help because He gives us motivation and enablement to carry out His will. God encourages us to act in a certain way so that His promises can happen or can take place in our life. He calls us to act in a certain way, to believe Him, to trust Him, to do certain things so that His blessing can happen to us. His promises never change since the beginning of time and it will never change in the course of time as well. It lasts forever. They are good for us until the end. With the coming of His promised reward, we will surely be satisfied. Definitely, we will be satisfied in Him. There may be times His promises seems hard and seems to be not working out or maybe even can't even see it. But He always gives us the Holy Spirit to enable us to act and to believe so that the blessing and reward can flow to us. He gives us help. He gives us the help in the form of the Holy Spirit. When we follow His ways, His promises are there and will surely fall, fall on us, fall on us because we are object of His love. It will fall on us. He is faithful to make these promises. These promises are rested on the unchanging person of God. God never changed. And when He say He will do this, He promised you it will come and it will happen. And we have experienced Him in diverse ways. And He has been true to His word. And so, He can be really trusted. And His promises to us, as the scriptures say, is always yea and amen. And we claim them. And there is no shadow of doubt about it at all. He offers us reliable promises. And we can safely trust Him until the very end. On the other hand, if we do not trust in Him, if we let go, if we let go and turn away, we will be most pitiful because after all the hardships that we go through, trying to live a Christian life, trying to please the Lord, and finally, if we let go, we lost eternity as well. And we are the loser in the end. And I will say to us all, don't let the hardship dishearten us. Don't let the hardship and the challenges we face dishearten us, even shake our faith in Him. Stay loyal to Him, for in a short time, He will come, He will return to bring us home. He will return. Faithful is He who promised us, and He will perform that. Let's remain loyal to Him to bear much fruit. Our, our difficulties, our persecution, our hardship for the moment is just a short while. But when we trust in the Lord, when we rest in Him, the blessing never ceases.
to stop. And so that was our first challenge. Loyalty to God. He has pledged to be committed to us. His promises are there for us. And so that's our challenge number two. is loyalty to the ministry. And Ruth say, Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. He actually, God has a placement for all of us. God has a placement for every one of us. We all have been given gift and a calling to serve Him in all ways. All of us has been, have been given gift to serve the body and we will be regarded as unfaithful if we keep the gift to ourselves and do nothing about it. And we heard about the parable of the talents, of the last guy who got one talent, that he was really lazy, that he didn't want to do anything about it. And God did not command him. God, in fact, was not pleased with him. Took away that talent and throw him outside, where there is gnashing and weeping. And that was a place that God did not want to, but He chose to be there. And so in the body of Christ, there is no redundancy because we are expected to serve in any way possible. In any way possible. Okay? We have the best ministry given to us to join force, to finish the task on earth together with the help of the Holy Spirit. When we thank God that we are saved, that we are in church, that we are enjoying His blessing, that we are going through life, looking at it in a different way. Thank God for that. But there are more than just that. God has a job. God has a work for us to do. When we cooperate with the Spirit, great things can be accomplished and God gets the glory. We are to find out our placing and then stay the fort. Find our placing and stay the fort. God knows us better than ourselves, right? And He will give us what is most appropriate to us. He is the one that has created us. Even before we were born, God knows us from the inside out. His placing is best and designed specifically for each of us. And we can thrive in our calling. And so no need to envy those people that are on stage here. No need to envy my son. <laughs> no need to envy other people that can speak well, that can preach well, you know, who can really do things well. All of you out there, have no good reason to stay uninvolved. And so we need to explore in order to match our gifting with the ministry. And there are some of us who can easily identify with it and easily move into the ministry and we enjoy doing what God has called us to do. Praise the Lord. But then there are others who are still searching for it. Still searching and to, ask, and to the best thing that we can do is to ask ourselves. We need to assess ourselves. Okay? And ask the question, 
what are we passionate about God? What are we passionate about God? It is a good starting point and we will be able from there to discover and to go on. It is not biblical that someone come to church and enjoy the service without being involved in some kind of a ministry. All of us are called, all of us are gifted, all of us have a placement. And none of us should come and enjoy ourselves every Sunday. There is something for us to do. There is a purpose for us being a believer. And God has a plan for that. Otherwise, we will be, we will be unfaithful servants and God would not be happy and we will be ashamed of ourselves at the day of accounting. And so we have to really serve the Lord Almighty. When we serve through our gifting, we will not be so dissatisfied, but we'll enjoy it and we can serve long and be loyal to the placing that He has called us into. Thank God for our children ministry teachers and workers. They work for long. They invest in the young children. Okay? For years after years, you see the teachers there. I will really uh, appreciate all of them for the effort, for the loyalty that they put in in serving the Lord. So is others who are so faithfully serving God in their respective calling and respective areas. There are too many to mention. But when we put our hands together, we can do better. The other thing is that my personal well-being is through the ministry of the church. I grow. I develop in the ministry of the church. When the body is healthy, then we are successful. We must stay with the ministry to give chance for it to bear fruit. Stay with it for a while so that it can bear fruit. We have to keep with the ministry in order to bring it, bring in the success. You know, I noticed that besides companies or corporations that are outside there, and uh, referring to other bodies, I find that the church is the highest consumer of training and development. The highest consumer. Almost all churches will have some kind of a training and development for its member. Now, we don't come to church to shake legs and enjoy the aircon. We really are being trained and developed. So in Subang Jaya Assembly, the ministry are for growth and development. We jump into it and we give time for it to grow. Now, I worked in small companies before and medium-sized companies as well. And I found that you know, when you, when you get a salary, you know, during my time, you are expected to perform. And there's so little training. In fact, there's no training at all. Once they give you the appointment letter, you are expected to perform. There's no training given during our time. The, 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 the human resource development was not so active during that time. There was not a priority. We have to better ourselves on our own. But today, so much has changed. So much has changed. Huh? 
Different companies are always believing in developing their people and a new philosophy has come in. And I think that this is a good thing, that we are trained for the job. And I think that likewise in the church, we also need to have training and development. And the ministry of the church that are in, that are in store here are just for that purpose. They are not installed because other churches have them. We do not reinvent the view. We don't have ministry for the sake of ministries. But we, are, we cater those ministries to the specific needs of the members and to the biblical mandate of making disciples for Him. And all our ministries are focused towards that. It is focused towards that. When we participate in this ministry, we will be better trained and we will be useful to God and to the kingdom. Yeah, in this way, we can be stronger believers with the local focus. Yeah, with the local focus and better to serve the community. Our context here is different from another church which is somewhere else. And so when we have that, in, that, that ministry in this church, when, when we are trained in it, we are really having that local context that we can become active and effective in the place that the church is in. The local context and the effectiveness. In this way, we can be strong believers. Our life will have better meaning than being just a Sunday Christian. When we are serious and faithful in participation, our life will be made meaningful and we will really enjoy what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. When we participate in a ministry, when we are involved in ministries, not just serving, but being part of the ministry, we are being developed and trained. We therefore need to remain loyal to the ministry of the church, to stay to stay, our well-being is cared for by our participation of the ministry here. And I think that the church here have enough ministry for all of us. Yep. And uh, Pastor Yiming is trying to plan uh, in time to come to talk to some of you people that after your retirement, what are you going to do? I think it's very important, it's a very relevant thing we have the young people ministry and we have the old people ministry and in between, in between, let the young pastor handle. We're going to handle you after your retirement. What are you going to do? And how can the church do something with you? That is commitment to the ministry. And thirdly, loyalty to his people. And Ruth say, your people will be my people. Wow. We are God's prized possession. Really God's prized possession. Okay? Our loyalty comes from the loyalty of God to us. As a person who knows God, we have experienced the change that is in us, that we begin to have that loyalty in us for God. We all belong to Him, and there is no favoritism. God is good and kind to our brothers and sisters and we therefore respect and accept 
one another because our God loves all the same. God is committed and devoted to everyone. And we see each other as precious and as God's prized possession. He died and He redeemed us. It is expensive to Him. And so, we don't look down on ourselves or we look at ourselves so small or we don't look down on others who are in church. We are His prized possession, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We are good for all times and let no one despise us. We are good for all times. Whatever challenges that come, we are good for all times. We are highly favoured and valuable. Now I take vitamin C. And you know when you take vitamin C, there's the, the cell seems to, the, the, the dead cell seems to die off and the new cells are regenerated. And so we, when I take vitamin C, uh, the dead cells in my nose seems to have a lot now. Because it is the first instance of, uh, of uh, air getting into the body and this is the first gate that the whatever uh, dirt will come in. So I will... <coughs> it's not clean, you know. <laughs> yeah, who wants to use this? Yeah, down there. Who want to use? Who want to recycle it? Yeah, because it's dirty tissue. Who want to use? Right? But, I only have this one. Ah. I don't have bigger one. So you, you look at this. Ah, you can crush it. Fat hope. Fat hope. <laughs> you know, the pork seller uh, changed this tono. And his, uh, his wet and dirty hand also on this, you know. You go to the market, the fishmonger also touched this, you know. And he's also having this. And so now I crush it. So I throw it. Who wants to use it? Yeah, that value do not change. The tissue value change. Nobody wants it. But the money, the ringgit, the value did not change. Even though it has passed through the hand of the fishmonger, the pork seller, even though I crush it, I throw it. I, I, actually, I want to step on it, but it will be very disrespectful. So no, I just crush it and throw it. The value did not change. It is still a valid tender. You can still use it. But of course, the, the tissue paper nobody wants. Huh? So you see, we are God's prized possession. We may be battered in some way in life, but we are still God's possession. We are still valuable in God's sight. We have not lost any value at all. 
Whether we are white, brown, or tan, we are still God's prized possession and loved by God. Whatever background we, we can come from, and whatever parentage that we come from, we are all loved and precious to God. Each of us have a share in His kingdom, and we will inherit eternal life. And you and I are going to spend eternal life together. I don't know whether I will visit you or you visit me, or whether we live in houses or not. But we will spend our time together in eternity. Reward will be distributed to us even though in various quantum as we are being rewarded by our faithfulness. Because of this event, we are to be loyal to our brothers and our sisters and to ensure their well-being. Ensure that of their well-being. Since every believer is God's, we are therefore to be steadfast and loyal to them in whatever commitment we have made with them, in whatever promise that we have made with them, we are to remain loyal to them. Our brethren are not our competitors. They are our beloved. Our brothers are not our competitors. They are our beloved. Beloved. We owe allegiance to one another. Because we are His family as well. God has torn down all the dividing walls. And there is no Jews or Gentiles. And in His family, there is no male or no female. We are all precious and we are all family in God's sight. And we are part of the whole, not individualistic or disconnected. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12, uh, 12 to 31, it described to us the body, of, the body as an analogy to the church. And it says that the body has many parts. And the parts cannot say that I don't need you. The hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. The eye cannot say to the liver, I don't need you. Every part has a part to play. And together, when we move, join together and cooperate together, we perfect the body of Christ. And the body of Christ can function well. And the body of Christ can be useful. And the body of Christ can be a blessing. And that is the purpose of God. All those differences have been taken away, broken down, the walls torn down so that we can be a family of God. So that we look at each other with respect, with dignity, and with loyalty. By ourselves, we can only be effective to a certain extent. But when we serve and cooperate together, we can multiply our effectiveness. Rick Warren has said this before, that together we can do better. Together, we can do better. The help is there. Many times, as members of the body, we fail to ask for help. Oh, we are too shy to ask each other to help. 
we are too shy or we are too self-conscious that we dare not ask or we do not request. And because of this, sometimes we miss, we miss answers to our troubles. We miss blessings because we did not ask. Bible also tells us that we should ask and we shall receive. Okay? Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to us. So as a body of Christ, as people belonging to the family, we can actually interact with one another. In our challenges, in our difficulties, and all of us can uphold one another. And together we can build the big family of God. And all of us here will be so blessed that we have, a, we have somebody that is closer than a brother. We have somebody that can stand with us. We have somebody that will pray with us. Remain loyal to the friendship that you have in Subang Jaya Assembly of God. So in conclusion, God is all for us. There is no doubt about this. But are we all for Him? And this afternoon, what can we take home after listening to this sermon? I have preached on being loyal to God, His ministry, and His people. We stay loyal to God because of who He is. And since He never changed, we are assured that there is no false hope in trusting Him. There is no false hope in the Lord. Having God with us is like having the ultimate offer, better than any loyalty card, better than any card that can offer. And Ruth did all this. Ruth did it. And I want to challenge us now to act in loyalty. Will we betray God by compromising on our business deals? Will we dump the church ministry once there is sign of hardship and troubles? Will we leave church for another church when we have misunderstanding with one another? These are important questions to ask in relation to loyalty. And as I said earlier in my opening, that loyalty is not a common thing nowadays. But God did not give up on us even though we, we betray, we fail, or we even leave Him at times. He is loyal to us. Will we be loyal to Him? And I want to challenge you to determine in yourself that you will remain loyal to God, loyal to the ministry of the church, and loyal to the people here in Subang Jaya Assembly. And we're going to let the worship team lead us in a song. And after that, we will pray. We'll ask God to help us that we will grow and develop in loyalty. Last week, Pastor Ming preached on being faithful. 
and our team has been faithful and loyal. I'm going to press this home to us. That our brothers and our sisters here are not our competitors. They are our beloved. And we grow together as a body of Christ. You, when you cooperate and grow together in this body, you will not be left out. You will be blessed. Amen. Let's all stand as you lead us in a song. This is